Hello, everybody. My name is Bill Keever, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness will Well, praise God. Welcome again to Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to thank you for joining us again today. It's a blessing that you would take time out of your day to spend it with us here. We've been talking about something that I think is important to the church today, and that is this idea of winning every day. Now, I've said this many times, but I want to keep it before us so that we understand what I'm talking about. I don't mean you get to the end of every day and you have everything you want. I don't mean you get to the end of every day and everything is perfect. I mean that you get to the end of every day with the sense that God is in control, with the sense that you have not been left alone, with the sense that he's still at work, with the sense that all of his promises are still intact. And many things that we've talked about relate to how to do that. And I'm just going to throw one out today that we've we've talked about, uh, I think, a lot, but I'm going to say it again. One of the ways that we win every day is to praise God every day, to thank him for who he is, to thank him for what he has done in our life instead of focusing so much on what hasn't worked out. Now, the, the, the nature, our nature as human beings is that we tend to focus on the negative. So when I say that we need to do this, I understand that that is not always an easy thing. It's something that we have to choose to do. Uh, in the Psalms, David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And as you look at the context of the times he said that and what that's really talking about. He's really talking to his mind, his emotions, his intellect, and he's telling them, bless the Lord. Soul, you will bless the Lord. Why did he have to do that? Because his soul didn't want to bless the Lord. And when we're going through it, when we're having struggles in life, when there are uh, things that are operating against us, and that happens to all of us, it's tough to get our mind off that and onto the fact that Jesus is still alive, that I'm going to heaven. That's another good thing to focus on. Hallelujah. If you're born again today, you're going to heaven. 10,000 years from now, what you're going through today is not going to matter a whole lot. But the fact that you're with Jesus, the fact that you knew him today, and that opened the door to eternity for you, that'll mean a lot more. So focus on things like that. Begin to uh, think about and reminisce on things that God has done in your life, particularly in specific areas where you may be struggling. You say, God, I thank you that 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, you met this need. You did this thing for me in my life. And I thank you that you haven't changed and that your promises are still true. And of course, the other thing that we need to do to win every day is to begin to focus on the word of God and the promise of God. When all of our emotions tell us it's not going to work, The one constant that we have, hallelujah, this is a powerful truth. The one constant that we as believers have is the eternal word of Almighty God. Go back to that word. Find promises that relate to what you're dealing with today and thank him that those promises are still true and that he's working to bring them to pass in your life. Now, we want things right now. We are an instant society, instant information, instant food, instant entertainment, instant everything. 
But the trouble with that is God's not always an instant God. God does things in his time and in his way. So in order to win every day, we've got to just remember he's working on it. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten how old you are. Listen, I'm I'm 69 years old. In January of 2024, I'm going to be 70. That sounds like a big number. My body don't feel bad for 70. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, it's still a big number. And sometimes I think, God, you know, um, there are certain things that I still want to see happen, certain things that I still want to be able to do. Uh, do, you, do you realize just how old I am? I think God knows how old I am. I used to love that song, Ancient of Days. He's the ancient of days. I am not the ancient of days. He's the ancient of days. And if if he's not worried, I don't need to be worried. So we want to learn how to win every day. And other things that we've talked about uh, where that's concerned uh, are important. And right now, I want to, and you can you can you can look back on the blogs, you can look back on on the podcasts and and see what we've been talking about. But right now we've been talking about a force that I believe God wants to release in your life right now, and that is the force of divine favor. Not just natural favor. God uses natural favor. But there are times when we need to have divine favor. And I want to look at the definition real quick again. Favor in English is something done or granted out of goodwill rather than justice or for payment. Something that's in addition or beyond our salary. If we do our job, we get our salary. But when God grants us favor, it's something in addition to that. And it's done just out of goodwill, just because for some reason. And you know, there are times I've, I've had stories in my life and, and other people that I've dealt with over the years where uh, they've gotten favor from somebody that didn't really like them. But when they needed it, they gave them, uh, God moved on them to see to it that they had goodwill for his child. That's what happened to the children of Israel. We started this by talking about the fact that God granted favor to the children of Israel, and he told the women to go talk to their neighbors and ask them for gold and silver and fine clothing, and those neighbor Egyptian women actually did that. They gave that to them, and God says, in that way, you're going to plunder the nation of Egypt, and that's exactly what happened. So they were they were uh they had goodwill towards these people that there was no reason for them to have goodwill towards to be friendly or well disposed to regard to have goodwill uh, and so that's part of what it means that God is going to cause someone who might not normally be friendly to you to be friendly to you in order that he may move through them and open a door or provide resources or any number of things. You can fill in the blanks. It means a state of being approved or held in regard. So uh, God wants to move in our lives so that we will be approved by people around us when we need to be and by whom we need to be. I'll touch on that again in a minute. Being approved or held in regard. People, you know, one of the things that we we really struggle with is anybody going to notice me? Is anybody going to notice what I'm doing? That's this idea of regarding you. They're going to regard you. But I want you to know something. Nobody in the world may notice you. Nobody in the world may understand what you're doing and and how uh, how hard you're working or what you're giving or whatever it may be, your talent. Nobody in the world may uh, regard you. They may not notice you, but I'll tell you somebody who does. God does. 
God sees you every day. God knows exactly what you're doing. He knows exactly what you're not doing. He knows exactly how much you're putting into what you do. And so sometimes we feel like I might as well just throw up my hands and give up because nobody notices what I'm doing. I'm talking to somebody right now. I don't know who you are. Nobody notices what we're doing, but I want you to know something. God notices what you're doing. Hallelujah. He knows how hard you're working. He knows what you're putting in. And he knows if you're not too, but uh, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about favor. So it's a state of, of being held in regard, being noticed when you need to be noticed in order to accomplish God's will in your life and for him to meet the needs that you have, you will be noticed. That's favor. Excessive kindness, unfair partiality, preferential treatment. I love that definition. And these are all English definitions of the word favor. And uh, I, I want some preferential treatment. I don't know about you, but I want some preferential treatment. All of this is part and parcel with what God wants to do in and around our lives. And again, it's not, it's not that we're going to get that from everybody. It's not that everybody's going to think about us positively. It's not that everybody's uh, going to regard us. But the key to this is the people that need to give you favor will give you favor when they need to give you favor. Timing is everything, and God's timing is perfect. So we're not believing for the whole government of the United States to give us favor, but maybe we need favor from an official. We're not believing for the whole company to give us favor, but maybe we need favor from a person that works for the company. We're not believing that the, all of banking is going to give us favor. No, we're talking about God moving on people to cause them to be kind to us, to cause them to regard us, to cause them to uh, treat us preferentially. I want you to understand something. We're the children of God. Hallelujah. We are not beggars in this world. We are the children of the one that created it, and he can get us where we need to be to with favor the, that we need to have with whom we need to have it. So that's what we're talking about. And when we know that that's working, see, that's what I what I'm really want to get across to us. When we know that that's working, that's an element that will help us get to the end of the day, look around and say, it's been a really terrible day, but thank God, God is working. He's bringing favor into my life. His word is true. His promises are true. He's never left me and he never will. Hallelujah. Now, in studying this idea of favor, we, we've been looking at someone whose life was built upon favor. Now, I'm not going to take the time to go through the whole story, but we're talking about Ruth. You can go back over the last couple of podcasts to catch up if, if you're not familiar with Ruth, or just go read Ruth. It's not a very big book. And we find out that God gave her favor. And uh, there's a man by the name of Boaz who was uh, a relative of her mother-in-law. Now, the, just a quick synopsis is Boaz, I mean, uh, Elimelech was the guy's name. I've had a problem with that. Elimelech and his wife Naomi moved to the land of Moab. In Moab, their sons married two Moabite women. But tragedy befell them, and the husband and both sons died. Naomi, the mother-in-law, said to the two daughters-in-law, you need to go back to your families. I've got nothing to offer you, but I've got to go home. I've got some relatives. I have some land at home. I need to go back to Israel, but you should really stay here. One of them goes, but the other named Ruth says to Naomi, I'm not 
leaving you. And there's a beautiful scripture talks about where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And it's it's wonderful. It's read at weddings, but it's really not about a wedding. It's about a daughter-in-law's love for her mother-in-law. And so they both go back to Israel. When they get there, they have nothing. They have no jobs. Women weren't going to go out and get a job. They had no one to support them. So there was one thing that they could do, and that was that they could go into the field. And there was a law that when the farmers uh, would uh, reap their harvest, they bring in their harvest, whatever was left, you know, things drop along the wayside. Maybe you miss some plants. Whatever's left cannot be harvested. You can't go back and get it because that was for the poor. You know, I'll tell you what, I, I just I just think that that is such a good way to look at things. And I don't know how we translate it into today, but uh, they didn't tell the poor, we're going to give you whatever you want. You just lay around. You just, I know it's been hard on you. I don't mean to say poor people just lay around, but some do. And what they said was, we're going to make sure that if you'll apply yourself just a little bit, there'll be enough for you to get by, enough for you to support yourself and feed your family. And so uh, that's what they did. Now, there are a number of things. And what we want to see, There's a, the whole story talks about how Boaz gave Ruth tremendous favor. All of those definitions we talked about, Boaz looked at Ruth and saw her the way those definitions uh, speak or what they portray. That's how he saw her. And there were a number of things in Ruth's life that she had operating. And as I was looking at this, what I wanted to see was, do I have those things in my life? Because what she did and the character that she portrayed and that she lived by is what put her directly in the path of God's favor. So we looked at two already. Number one, she went back to Israel, not just because she loved Naomi, but she loved, probably loved her own family, probably loved her own mother. But I think she went back to Israel with Naomi because she knew that Naomi was going to need somebody to take care of her. In other words, she put Naomi's well-being above her own. There really wasn't any reason for her not to stay with her family. And there really wasn't any benefit in her going to Israel except that she could take care of this senior lady, uh, Naomi, and so that, I believe, is why she went. So number one characteristic, she lived her life for somebody else. She put others above her own well-being, others' well-being above her own well-being, others' uh, needs above her own comfort. And I think that when we live that way, I believe that's what the Bible teaches us, that we're not supposed to be looking at self alone, but that we're supposed to be looking around us and finding ways that we can minister to other people. Naomi was, uh, not Naomi, excuse me, Ruth was like that. And the second thing that we found was that she made this statement. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. She saw something in Naomi that made her understand that the God of Israel was the higher God, that the God of Israel was the one who could give the most benefit to her life. And so she made a choice. She made a decision. She said, I'm not going to serve the gods I grew up serving. I'm not going to call myself a Moabite anymore. I'm going to go with you. I choose your God. I choose the God of Israel. I'm going to serve the God of Israel. I'm going to be identified with the God of Israel, and I'm going to serve and be identified with God's people. And that's really what we need to do. Now, when we get born again, that's what we're doing. 
We're making a choice to serve Almighty God, to serve Jesus as the Lord of our life, to receive his sacrifice. But when we choose to cause that to be the main influence on our outward life, then things can change. And one of the things that will change is that we'll be in a position to receive favor. Because Naomi made that choice, she was in a position to meet Boaz. Had she stayed in Moab, she'd have never met Boaz. She was in a position to meet Boaz. She was in a position for Boaz as to regard her. She was in a position to receive this kindly treatment from Boaz and ultimately for her, uh, for him to fulfill his obligation to her as a kinsman. She becomes his wife. She becomes David's great-grandmother. She's in the lineage of Jesus. And so all of that all those things put her in position not only to get favor, but through favor to fulfill what I believe was her destiny to be in that lineage. I don't know how she affected David. Probably being a great grandmother, she may not have even known David. Probably didn't. But if she did, she, if she didn't know David, she knew his father. Hallelujah. If she didn't know David, she influenced their family. And so that influence was needed in David's life. And we see David being a man after God's own heart. I want to look at two other things today. And then we'll look at two more, um, three more, excuse me, a little bit later. And the next thing that I want us to see is in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read that. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech, his name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. Now, this talks about Boaz in this first paragraph. And I was rereading it again the other day and I thought, well, wait a minute. Did she know about Boaz? She did not. This scripture tells us that, that Boaz existed, but it doesn't tell us that Ruth knew who Boaz was. What did Ruth do? that was important to bringing favor into her life. Well, Ruth did not sit around and wait for something or someone to help her. She got going. She got involved in something. She found something she could do, and she did it. It says that she went, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him whose sight I may find favor. Naomi says to her, go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came uh, from Beth Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, and the Lord bless you. And Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, uh, whose young woman is this? So the servant whose was in charge of the reapers, answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. So here we find that Naomi ends up in Boaz's field. She didn't know about Boaz. Later in the chapter, when she tells Naomi, Oh, yeah, I ended up in a guy's name uh, field. His name was uh, Boaz, I think. And, she, and Naomi says, Oh, my gosh. God is doing something here. Hallelujah. So she didn't know who Boaz was, but when you put yourself to work, and this is what I want us to see, we live in this kind of society that tends to think we should be 
uh, just simply uh, entitled to everything. I should get everything I want. It's not fair because I don't have what I want. It's not fair because I don't have what I need. And the thing of it is, as a Christian in particular, we need to realize that God wants to give us favor, but in order to do that, we need to do what we can. If we go as far as we can, God can then take that and use it. And one way he uses it is to put us in a position of favor. If we need favor, for instance, uh, at our job, what should we do? Well, we should work a little bit harder. Uh, you know, sometimes we get the mentality where we just sit back and wait for something to happen. And uh, I've had people tell me so many times, particular people will come up and say to me, well, my boss was just a jerk. And I know, as their pastor, that the last three or four bosses were just jerks. And I would eventually say to them, maybe you need to take a look at the one common denominator in this, and that is you. Maybe they're not the jerks. I'll leave you to come to a different conclusion. And so we need to realize that if we want to, 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 to be in a position where God can bring favor into our lives, we need to get out there and do something. She went out there and did what she could do. And not only did she do it, but the Bible says in this, as we read along, I'm not going to take the, the time to read through all of it, but the men, young, uh, the men in charge of the reapers said to her, you know, this girl, not only did she work, but she worked hard all morning and she took one little break and that's it. And so I think it's important for us to understand that God expects us to do what we can. He'll never ask you to do what you can't. But he does expect us to do what we can. Uh, so she put herself in a position where not only was she in Boaz's field, but she had worked hard. Number one, she went there. If she'd stay home with Naomi and just said, well, you know, maybe somebody bring by some food or maybe somebody will look at us and see how weak and, and vulnerable we are. Maybe, you know, somewhere, somehow somebody's going to come and take care of us. Oh, God, please help us. That they would, she'd have never met Boaz. But when she decided, I'm going to get up and do something. I want you to look around your life today. I want you to ask yourself, is there something I could be doing that I'm not doing? I understand time. I understand energy. I understand sometimes we just don't feel like it. But is there something? And ask God about it. Say, Father, is there something that I could be doing? You want to see ministry? I, I pastored a really long time. And I had a lot of good people, a lot of talented people. And many people would come and they would expect a ministry. And what I would tell them is, do what your hand finds to do. Is there something that needs done around here? Then do it. Uh, maybe you need to, you know, we always go to this because it's kind of the low job on the totem pole, but uh, maybe the maybe the bathrooms are not as clean as they should be. I have people tell me, well, I, I'm just, you know, the bathrooms need to be cleaner. And, and I don't know, I don't remember if I told them, but that's probably what I should have told them. Well, go clean them. You're a member of this church. You want to be used of God? Go find out what you can do. If you're working a job, don't just go do the bare minimum. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but do a little extra. You want favor from the boss? Go in a little bit early. Well, you say, well, that boss is never going to favor me. He didn't like me. Well, 
That's where godly favor comes in. But if you go in early, you maybe stay a little bit later, you maybe do the job a little bit better, then God can use that and he can tap that boss on the shoulder and turn his head, hallelujah, we're talking about Almighty God here, so that he sees what you're doing and the boss will have to promote you because you make sure that you do the job better than anybody else. And I'm not talking about competing with anybody. I'm really talking about you just doing the best that you can with what your hand finds to do. Don't wait. Don't wait even in spiritual things. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Well, God, I don't understand. Well, draw near to him. Spend time worshiping him. Spend time praying. Spend time in his word. Draw near to him. And the promise is he will draw near to you. Hallelujah. So Naomi found favor And God was able to move upon the people around her to give her favor because she applied herself in what she needed to do. She didn't just sit back and wait. She went and did what she could do. There weren't a lot of options for her, but she went and did it, and she did it the best that she could. We need to be that kind of people. Now, there's number two that we want to talk about today, and we're we're getting close on time, but I want you to look at uh, down in verse 10 of the same chapter. And it says, so she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said to him, him being Boaz, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you by God, uh, by the God of Israel under whose wings you have come for reference, a refuge. And so Boaz says to her, she says, what, what have I done? He said, I've heard about your character. Hallelujah. I've heard the way you lived. I heard the way you, uh, the way you operated where Naomi was concerned. I heard how you left home and came to Israel to serve the God of Israel. I know all about you, Naomi, because your character went before you. Oh, hallelujah. Can I ask you today? Can I be a little personal? What's your character like in the community? What's your character like on the job? Are you known as someone who uh, who is positive? Are you know, known as someone who speaks well of others? Are you known as someone who does a good job and works hard? Are you know, as, known as someone who is unscrupulously honest? Are you known as someone of character and integrity? We need to work on those things. We need to put those things as priorities in our life as we build life, as we, as we, as we live our life out in front of the world, in front of our families. What do your family members think of you? You know, sometimes the hardest thing, particularly for men, I think, is we may go out into the world, many men and more women today than ever before, but we go out into the world and we work and male or female, we come back to the house and the house is the place where, you know, we kind of let our guard down. And so 
sometimes we get home. I know I can be guilty of this. And thank God that I have the kind of wife who understands me. But I'll get grumpy sometimes. And I was out there pastoring. And, and you know, uh, it can be a really difficult job. Let me just say that. Sometimes people do things for reasons that I do not understand. And they don't want to listen. And they do what I ask them not to do. And then they blame me because things didn't work out. It can be a tough job. And so sometimes I would come home and I'd, I'd be walking around the house and just not really behaving nicely towards everyone. Well, God began to deal with me, and I've tried to work on that, and I'm a lot better with it now than I was before. Of course, I'm not pastoring now either, but uh, I, I've grown in that area because I understand that how my wife sees me is part of how people see me. And as I practice character, integrity, and kindness, and all those important things at home, that then I can also uh, see that I'll carry them out into the community. So those two things that we want to add to our list. Number one, that she cared about others more than she cared about herself. Number two, that she chose God over the gods of the world. She chose the God of Israel over the gods of the world. She chose God's people over her people. Number three, that she went to work, that she did what she could do. God doesn't ask you again to do what you can't, but we do need to do what we can do, and we need to do it. She did it uh, diligently. She went out there and went to work. We need to go out there and go to work. You know, today we live in a place where there's a lot of jobs available because nobody can find somebody to work, but there are a lot of people who are waiting uh, for something better to come along. Listen, you want God's favor, go take whatever job you can find and work hard at it, and God will take that, use it, and give you something better. And so she worked. She did what she could do. She got in motion. I like that. She got in motion, and that put her in a place where she would ended up in Boaz's field. She wouldn't have been there if she'd stayed home. And the, the fourth thing being that her character went before her. We need to pay attention to our character because if we have good character, then God can use that. God can use that in order to bring favor into our lives. And as favor comes into our lives, then we will get to the places we need to be. We'll see the things happen that need to happen. We'll actually be coming day by day closer to our destiny. And as we understand favor is at work, we can win the battle of today. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. We'll talk to you again soon. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.